This is Tim Waters. I'd like to thank you for joining me in this session, Leadership Level 2, Team Asset. And I hope you'll be able to hear the other three podcasts in this series, The Four Levels of Leadership. If you'd like to take notes, you're welcome to download free worksheets from the web. Just go to this address, www.drtw.net slash newleader. Again, that's drtw.net slash newleader. Now, I don't claim to be an expert in the area of leadership, but my years in church work and years as a college professor have shown me lots of things. If I can help new leaders avoid unnecessary mistakes, then I feel that it's well worth my time and your time to go through these sessions together. As I shared in the previous podcast, the first leadership level is personal success. After this current podcast, Leadership Level 2, Team Asset, there are two more levels ahead. Leadership Level 3, Team Leadership, and Leadership Level 4, Multiplication. But before we focus on the concept of being an asset to a team, let me share this. I believe that teams are very important to God and His plans for people. In fact, you can see the recurring theme of the team throughout the Bible, from the Old Testament through the New Testament. And as we dig deeper into how to prepare for being on a team, remember that Jesus didn't try to do it all alone, and He is our role model in all of this. So now let's talk about being an asset to a team. To make sure we're all on the same page, let's define what a team is and what it does. A team could be a group of people in the workplace, on the mission field, or creating music on stage. The job of the team is to take the talent and the ability of individuals and band together in unity. Then the success of that effort should be greater than what any team member could create by himself. Now, it's easy enough to become part of a team, but it's also easy to pull that team down if I'm not ready for the opportunity. My goal should be more than just joining the team. My goal should be to add value to the team and making that team better in the process. In other words, I should be an asset to the team instead of a liability. So what exactly is an asset? One definition says that an asset is something of value that is owned. My definition of an asset to a team is this. The team becomes better off because you are able to bring your best to it and then share it with all the team members. Now, all that sounds great if we can really do it, but it begs the question, am I really ready to be on a team? First, let's address the mindsets that might get in the way of our success on the team. The first is overconfidence. Overconfidence asks the question, why do I need to be on a team? I can take care of myself. I don't need other people slowing me down. Up to now, maybe you've been able to call all the shots to a degree and teamwork has been a low priority for you. Another mindset that could get in the way is underconfidence. This attitude asks the question, you mean someone would even want me on a team? Why? What do I have to offer? And then another hindering mindset is distrust. Some of us have gotten so good at hiding our issues and weaknesses that the idea of getting close to other people isn't very appealing. And especially if these people aren't the ones I would normally choose to spend time with. So then how do I go about getting ready to be on the team and do it the right way? At this juncture, some people try to get ready for team interaction by focusing on the externals or in other words, the outward things. One is personal hygiene. This may sound silly, but try traveling with other people and you'll quickly realize why this matters. Another is appropriate attire. And by appropriate, I mean attire that fits the culture in which I serve. Does the culture value suits and ties or torn jeans? Whether I'm around cowboys or corporate executives, culture does matter, so being sensitive to it really helps. Another outward thing we tend to work on is performance skills. 
whether it be singing, typing, public speaking, mechanical, or technical. These are certainly important things to improve on, but again, they're externals and on the outside. If I'm serious about my contribution to the team, then I'll also work on the internals too. Which brings us to our next part. Let's talk about a personal inventory. Working on the internals means taking a long, hard look at myself. And when I look at myself honestly, I will see some strengths and some weaknesses. While some things won't be visible until I start to interact with other people, I can still take time now to help myself at this point. If I'm willing to be proactive, then I can become more valuable to the team later by allowing God to deal with my personal issues now. Let's look at some things that could potentially hold you back or limit your success on a team. First of all, there's strife and rebellion. These make it difficult to get along with others. Then, self-focus and promotion, also known as stardom syndrome or being a diva. These make it very difficult to stop being served by those around me and to start to serve them myself. And then there's competition, comparison with others, and jealousy. These inward issues will eventually come to the surface if we don't choose to deal with them first. And then there's bias, be it cultural, racial, or gender bias. This makes it difficult for me to see and treat others with respect. Then there's personal agenda. This makes the other team members feel that I'm only using them for my gain. And then gossiping and undermining others. This makes it almost impossible to build trust between myself and other team members. Being habitually late. This sends the message to the team that I have better things to do. And then secret habits. Things can get complicated with this area once I'm on a team, especially if I refuse to let God into these secret compartments of my life. Now that's a pretty daunting list and I hope it's not discouraging for you at this point. In fact, if you're truly honest with yourself, you may even find other things that need addressing. But it's worth looking at these issues even if it makes us uncomfortable because all it takes is one or more of these things I just mentioned to cause problems on the team. And letting any weak or negative area go unchecked over time can lead to real resentment among those we're teamed up with. Because so often when you're on a team, a personal issue can become an issue for the rest of the team. In fact, if any of these personal issues go on and on for a season, it's possible that the rest of the team could become sorry you were allowed to be involved. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anyone here, but this is just a reality that can happen when people work together in a team setting. It may be exciting or fun to watch people work against each other on a reality TV show, but the real point of a team is to get things done while esteeming each other, not to try and get rid of each other. The better way is for you and me to have a more positive effect on people. Let's take a look at some things that create better results. There's honoring and preferring others first. This is about making room for others, letting others shine and be celebrated, and showing that others can be celebrated without it costing you personally. Then letting others celebrate me. It's okay for you to be in the spotlight sometimes and you shouldn't apologize for it, as long as things are kept in balance. Then unity, team spirit, and cooperation. I think these speak for themselves. Love walk, a servant's heart. Not always possible, but still excellent goals. And then there's flexibility, willing to bend in order to make things work for the team. Submission and letting others hold me accountable. Then knowing who I am in Christ. This brings security for me regardless of situations. And checking my own motives and agenda. This keeps me honest. Now that's also a big list, but don't let that discourage you either. If you can find a way to focus on just a few of these in your own life, then the results will be worth it. 
And then over time, you'll start to see ways to make progress in other areas. In fact, making these things a priority can make the team members glad you joined the team, since your involvement can then more likely impact each member and the overall team in a good way. The goal of adding all these positives into your life isn't to try and pretend to be perfect when others are around you or watching. But actually, the goal is to be a better Christian and overall person, blessing as many people as you can with good things rather than alienating people with negative personal issues. Bearing the right kind of fruit. Once these positive elements and attitudes begin to be more dominant in my life, then my actions will start to be more team-oriented and less self-oriented. Here are some good examples of good attitudes on the inside bearing good fruit on the outside. Knowing the limits of my role on the team and not assuming beneath or beyond that role. In other words, not trying to take over the team or do the leader's job. Or on the flip side of things, being ready to accept the responsibility I'm given in my part of teamwork. Then not being offended if my ideas aren't always accepted or celebrated. Is now the time to share my own ideas or should I just be taking notes for my own leadership seasons later? On the other hand, not withholding my best just to avoid getting hurt. And then there's improving my people skills, including the ways in which I communicate. Returning or acknowledging calls, letters, texts, and emails. Language that is pleasing to God. Keeping track of others' contact info showing that they matter to me. Praying for others and not just for my own needs. And then learning connecting points with people such as names of people's spouses, children, what they value in life, etc. By now, I think you're starting to see some ways to prepare to be a true asset to the team. While it's great to bring talent, energy, new ideas, and a fresh perspective to the team, it's even better to bring the right attitude so that you and your special gifts can be better received. And now your new job description, team member. At some point, and hopefully after having experienced some of the personal success and leadership level one, I will be invited to be a part of a team. Now, it's great to be included on the team, but as soon as I'm on it, things change. Now the focus has more to do with how I am around other people. Once we begin to interact with others, we begin to see how wonderfully different God has made each one of us to be. You might notice that one person is naturally very funny, or that another person is extremely smart. It's only natural to pick up on these things. But depending on how you see your fellow team members, the next part may go very well or it may take a turn for the worse. If you're able to appreciate the diversity among your team, then you'll have no problem working with the individual team members. But sometimes a certain issue gets in the way, and that issue is called comparison. And it's when I compare myself with others on the team that some things can get in the way. But just so we all understand this clearly, let's put this in perspective. When things are going well and everyone is having a good day, it's possible for me to appreciate the fact that this person has more giftings or talent than I do. Or maybe I see that another person is a more polished and gifted speaker than I am. Or maybe I take a good look at the team and figure out that I'm head and shoulders above the rest of the team in almost every area. And remember, this is when everyone is having a good day. But when things are not going so well, our view of ourselves and our fellow team members might be different. Maybe this person has a habit of doing whatever it takes to be seen and heard, and now it's getting on my nerves. Maybe that other person who was so funny at first is now starting to irritate. Or maybe you're having less patience for those on the team who are way ahead of you or way behind you in certain areas. But it's important that you don't let these things discourage you. There will always be various dynamics when people work together. Some will be pleasant and some won't. 
But before we move on, let me say this. Much of what happens from now on between you and the rest of the team will be determined by your attitude and not the attitudes of other people. When I realized this in my own life, a light bulb came on and I understood some things much more clearly. At that point, I knew I had to make a decision. I can get bitter over certain things or I can choose to get better. Since that revelation in my life, I have tried my best to get better and I hope you will too. Passing the test of teamwork, also known as the test of selflessness. Can you handle working closely with others? This is an important question to ask at this point, but don't let your past slow you down here. Just because you made mistakes in the earlier part of your life, that doesn't mean that God can't use you effectively now or later on. You know, the fact that you're hearing my voice on this podcast is proof that God does give second chances since I made plenty of mistakes early on in my own life. The main thing now is to keep your eyes on God as He moves you forward. And this is good advice for anybody because the goal of this test is this. Keeping your eyes on God as you navigate through this season, working with team members to accomplish the team's goals. Now, this statement might make a great poster or bumper sticker, but making a goal like this happen can be very difficult at times due to team dynamics. And it's those times of difficulty that will show the rest of the team what's really inside you, whether it's good or bad. Once you've been on the team a while and the honeymoon is over, you start to realize that you're now working with imperfect people. And this should remind you and me that we're imperfect too. But regardless, it's here and now that you have an opportunity to pass this important test, the test of teamwork. And again, how you do in this test and this season will have everything to do with the attitude you choose for yourself. So how do you know if you're passing the test of teamwork? Well, there are three gauges. Airplanes, cars, and motorcycles all have gauges, and those gauges let us know how things are going. Success in the area of teamwork can also be measured in at least three areas, and I call these gauges the three R's of teamwork. The first is reliability, then there's reputation, and then the third is regard for others. Each of these gauges helps me focus in on specific areas to show me how I'm doing. First, let's talk about reliability. Does the team know it can count on me? Or will I leave the team high and dry when it needs me the most? In other words, will I make the team a priority in my life? Or will I keep looking out for my own best interests, even if it hurts the team? I may say that the team can count on me, but how do things play out from day to day? Here are some items to consider. First, when the team has an important event or opportunity on the schedule, do I bow out of it if a better opportunity comes along for me that day? Or if I do decide to go to the team's event, will I get there late and make the rest of the team wait on me? Or if I feel insecure in myself, do I just not show up that day? I'm not trying to paint a bad picture of anyone here. I'm just trying to help give you some perspective. Maybe in your culture or background, the things I just mentioned are normal, and it's just how things go. Well, here's some food for thought. In my own culture and background, it was normal to see a lower value put on education, suspicion of authority figures, and disrespecting women. Now, if God can help me overcome my culture, then he can help you overcome yours. And what's more important here, to stay in my old and familiar comfort zone, even if it means letting the team down, or stepping up to the next level? Now, depending on where you came from, it may be difficult to make better choices in life since this makes us stand out from certain friends or family, and it may sometimes get uncomfortable. But the reality is that not everyone is called to go where you and I may end up going. And sometimes trusting and following God means leaning on His support when I don't get lots of it from my environment. But if I ever hope to be a true asset to the team, 
I must be willing to leave my baggage behind me and not force it on my fellow team members. Again, I'm not downing anyone here, but I'm trying to help. For some people, being on a team requires a real adjustment, since it's a new thing for them to think about others and their needs. But before we talk about the next item, understand that mistakes you make on this team could keep you from getting promoted or being on the next team. So you're only helping yourself if you take all this self-reflection seriously. Now let's talk about the gauge called reputation, when what you are makes the difference. It's on the team that you begin to build your reputation since people can now begin to see patterns in your life and whether those patterns are weak or strong. Some important questions to ask yourself at this point are, will I allow my actions and choices to build the right kind of reputation for myself? Will I live the kind of personal life that brings honor to the team? Or will I force my own way instead of God's way? Please realize that now more and more of your choices are going to impact the team in some way. What many new leaders don't realize yet is this. A good reputation is priceless when it comes to your future success. Investing in your reputation now is like putting money in the bank because later, when you're being considered for promotion, that good reputation is like currency. It can be spent toward your leadership's next level of success and purchasing your ticket of admission to that next level. With that in mind, let's get back to the team. Those around you and above you now are there to help you later in the form of a recommendation. Unfortunately, some seem to think that you can handle things any way you feel like today, and then later a glowing letter of recommendation will somehow gloss over all the wrong attitudes and mistakes. But the truth of it is this. You and I are writing our own letters of recommendation right now. It's only the job of the people around us to sign that letter later on. I hope you're starting to see how vital a good reputation can be. And now let's talk about the third R, which is regard for others. Will I put others first? It's okay to start out not having much teamwork experience or being new to working with other people, but by the time you're on the team, you need to start being better at building bridges than burning them. This is an important skill for the successful leader, and you're smart if you get better at it now rather than waiting until you're in charge. Now, some bridges may be difficult to build and some may be impossible to maintain, but the more strong ones you have in your life, the better your leadership will go for you. It's all in how we approach things. And if you start with the goal of serving the team members and the team's overall success, then this will help keep things in check. You see, it's in working within a team that I begin to realize how my words and actions can affect other people. And it's here that I can begin to understand the difference between can and should. Just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do it. And knowing that it will impact other people is now a factor in my life. One of the ways I can make sure I'm showing regard for my fellow team members is to keep my own competition in check. In other words, for some folks, other people are simply here for me to compete with. If I think I always have to be on top, then I'll do whatever it takes to protect myself, even if I have to run over other people in the process. But if God is truly my shield and my provider, then I can trust Him in the journey and I can trust Him to take care of me even in the middle of a team of people. Because a big part of teamwork is my being willing to set aside my plans and serve those people around me. Then the goal can be bigger than just my success. The focus becomes the team's success. At this point, I'd like to take a moment and focus on personal reflection. If some of the discussion today is starting to feel a little too personal, then it could be that you're realizing that you've already made some mistakes along the way. If that's the case, then let me encourage you with a couple of things. First, Romans 8.1 says this, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
If all this talk of teamwork has made you realize that you need to ask God or people around you for forgiveness, then don't shrug it off. Make it a priority to get things right with God, and then make an effort to get things as right as you can with the people around you. Remember that Jesus shed his blood on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven. And there's no better time than right now to start fresh for your future and for the leadership journey ahead. Before we dive into the next part of this session, I have another question for you. Is it really worth it to put myself in the middle of a team with all the stretching and growth I may have to go through along the way? Well, consider this. What if God's plan to bring out your best involves your interaction with other people? You and I can stand up and tell the world that we're Christians, and that's one of the most powerful moments we'll ever experience. But the rest of the world begins to see how serious we are about our faith as they watch us interact with other people. There's a time to be alone with God, but there's also a time to be involved in the lives of other people. And Jesus is much more appealing to other people when we, his followers, can interact well. Speaking of other people, I'd now like to focus on something. When the difficulties of teamwork come, how will you view them? How do you know whether we're dealing with people or problems? Now, wouldn't it be great if God would just fix the people and the problems around me? Then I wouldn't have to confront all the things I see, and I wouldn't lose sleep over all the things that keep bugging me. Well, I can't promise that God will fix all your problems, because some of the things we see as problems are actually people that God is working on, just like He's working on you and me. The challenge is that they may not yet be where you or I need them to be. And beyond people, some problems are in reality opportunities for you and me to change the way we see things. So as we begin to see issues or flaws in other team members, it's important to pray and trust God in the process. So then, what if you're running into a real legitimate problem? If that's the case, then let's prioritize things. If something is truly an emergency, or it's illegal, or if it's creating a crisis of danger, then you need to find a way to address it, even if you need to ask for help in getting it done. But if the situation isn't so urgent, and it's something that can be worked out over time as people and situations grow, then make sure you understand your options. Just so you fully understand the weight of all this, let's consider some realities. First, if you make a big deal out of something before fully understanding the whole situation, you could actually make things worse. It might be bothering you to think about the situation, but being hasty probably won't help. My advice is to pray first. But secondly, if you try and ignore the situation, then you could be avoiding a vital role God may need for you to play in resolving things. Again, my advice is to pray first. You may be thinking, why are you making such a big deal out of this? Well, understand this. By the team asset level of leadership, I can now get myself in trouble with my mouth. I can be 100% right and still go home the loser because the right information given at the wrong time and place can actually make me look like a troublemaker even as the main issue goes unresolved. If I'm smart, I'll memorize the following statement. Some issues on the team will not be fixed by my speaking up about them. Let me say that again. Some issues on the team will not be fixed by my speaking up about them. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus makes a point about using words to fix certain issues. The words are a powerful part of our Christian walk and way of doing things. Sometimes words alone are simply not enough. And in Mark 9, Jesus said it this way, This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Did you get that? Prayer and fasting. Not by announcing the problem, not by complaining, 
not by gossiping about things, and not by talking about the troublemaker behind his or her back. You know, that stuff never helps much anyway. For things to be handled properly, it comes down to prayer and fasting. And here's why. If you pray and fast first, then some conversations don't have to happen. Things simply get worked out, and you don't look like the bad guy for bringing it all up. It's been said that we need to choose our battles wisely. I agree with this wholeheartedly. But I'll go a step further and say that we also need to pick our battlefields wisely. And since the Bible says that we war not with flesh and blood, then that means that the best battlefield for some battles will be my prayer closet. Here's the good news. If God does lead you to speak up or to confront things, then you will have already covered the matter in prayer, and by now you should have a better understanding of things. The Bible also tells us about the value of getting wise counsel. And sometimes the best counsel is from a Christian leader who is far removed from the team and its issues. But here's one more thing to think about with prayer and fasting. As you begin to make this one of your primary tools of teamwork, you become more and more a person who is praying for the team members instead of being an accuser. And taking this position gets you out of the way of what God was already doing in that other person's life, even before you noticed the issue. And that brings us to our next important area, passing the test of submission. Before we wrap up this session, I'd like to ask you to stay with me while we look briefly at this one other test that happens at Leadership Level 2 Team Asset. While it's important to interact well with all the members of the team, my interaction must also go well with the team's leader, and much of that interaction will be determined by how I view and treat that leader. Now, some see submission as a negative thing. They see it as giving up freedom or becoming a doormat and being abused by other people. I hope to spend some time in a future session really looking at this idea of submission to authority and how to do it the right way. But for now, let me give you some brief thoughts to consider. First, your time on the team may actually be your audition for leadership later on. Now, if you knew that today's conversations, actions, and decisions were having a direct impact on your successful future, how careful would you be? Second, realize that decision makers are watching you and they're asking themselves silent questions as they watch. Can this person handle pressure and stress? Is this person a true servant or is she selfish? Is this guy mature enough to be discreet with sensitive information? Will this person submit to authority or will promotion only make small issues bigger? I'm not bringing these up to bring guilt on you or to make you think you can't ever have a bad day or make mistakes. The truth is that those leaders above you are still making mistakes too. And no matter how hard you and I try, we will make mistakes in the future. There's just no getting around it. But thankfully, God has enough grace for those times when our best efforts still miss the mark. And a wise leader will look at the bigger picture of development in your life, not just focusing in on every tiny mistake you make. So be encouraged that making the effort to submit to the leader above you can only help your success in the long run. Well, this is another session where we've covered lots of ground. Thanks again for being a part of our look at Leadership Level 2 Team Asset. I hope you're now more aware of what it takes to have success on this level so that other good things can happen later for your own turn at leadership. I invite you to join me for the next podcast in this series. It's called Leadership Level 3 Team Leadership. And you can find the free worksheets at www.drtw.net slash newleader. Again, that's drtw.net slash newleader. 
I think that session will make a difference in your life and leadership potential, and especially in the area of leading a team of people. Again, this is Tim Waters, and I'm praying for God's best as you walk forward in your leadership journey.